An AI-generated image of the Pope goes viral. The Wall Street Journal declares that the work-from-home era is over and a giant mysterious space object is sadly not an alien. These topics and more coming up on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. I'm Keith Shaw. Welcome to Today in Tech. Let's catch up with the tech news over the past few days. I'm joined, as always, by Chris from Behind the Computers. Hello, Chris. Hey, what's up? How are things? Uh, all right. All right. It's, it's, it's going. I'm looking forward to this show with uh, uh, Michelin Pope the Third. Yes, we've got like a variety of different things that we're all going to meld together this week. Uh, also, you're looking pretty good because you got the another another new light on you. Yeah, the I shadows. Think, uh, people will be able to see me. All right, let's just get right into it. There's a uh, fake image of the Pope that uh, went viral over the past, I think over the weekend or even maybe late last week. Um, this, and again, this this ties into our discussion that we had uh, in our last episode about uh, deep fakes. Uh, the one last week we were talking about was uh, Donald Trump getting arrested and, you know, and then, and then the guy put it on Twitter and it went viral. Um, this one... Uh, was also AI generated, but it did not, and it, you know, it, it fooled a bunch of people, including uh, the celebrity Chrissy Teigen. Uh, she was, I think, the the person that was the most popular person that yeah, made I mean, fooled by it. Yeah, yeah go I ahead. Mean, yeah, I, I could have been fooled by this. I mean, hey, if the Pope's cold, you know, yeah, wear, I mean, wear something the, like this. It if, looks really warm. If the Pope That's is a, in skiing in the Alps, or you know, he's over in Europe, uh, maybe he's going skiing. It's you know, still sort of winterish out there. Um, you know, at first glance, it looks it looks real. At least the one on the left, the one on the right in the background, you're like, uh, maybe that was faked a little bit because you know the the guy in the to the behind, you know, on the right side. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, that's sort of uh, is a tip off that it might be. But the yeah. one on the front, like the front on the left, I mean, that that image on the left came up in my Instagram feed. It's the holy down. <laughs> it's the holy down. It's a. It looks like a warm, warm down jacket. I mean, yeah, you it's know, very, so, very convincing. So I'm, yeah, so I'm on my phone and I'm just scrolling, and someone had put some text over. It was like, you know, dang, the Pope looks good or something like that. And it was like, oh, okay, the Pope, the Pope got a new winter jacket. You know, he's he's a, he's a modern Pope. He, you know, he he knows what the kids are into. Or he's hip. He's, he's hip. hip. He's he's a hip hop Pope. Um, so I I thought nothing of it. It was like, oh, I'll just you know, and I kept scrolling. Um, but what's in, you know, and then found out a couple of days later, oh, that was, that was faked and haha, we fooled you. Now, again, you know, later this week, it's April Fool's, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, April Fool's Day is on, uh, Saturday this this year, which is actually great because I hate it when it's during the week because all of these tech companies, you know, do the fake news. Yeah. And so imagine, you know, or the, the, ha ha, look how funny we are. Um, Google invented time travel or something like that. It, you know, and it's like, they're meant to be April Fool's jokes. I'm glad that it's on a Saturday because any of us who monitor news, we often get duped by some of these, these fake press releases that get put out or whatever, you know, the tech company is trying to be funny. But now I'm thinking like this year with all of the AI generated, uh, gonna ability, we're going to see a lot of fake images. We're going to probably see a whole bunch of fake stories, maybe generated even by chat gpt things like that so this year would be the one year that i wanted to sort of be at work and so mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what happens and maybe we'll report on that in a, in a future episode um you know the other part i wanted to to, to ask you and, and bring up was 
obviously last week with the Donald Trump stuff, it, it's, it was more political, mm-hmm. which I think probably has people's radar antennas up in terms of, you know, let's, let's, let's see if this is really true or fake, you know, that kind of thing. People are, are, are sort of when you, when you're alerted to something like if you, so you know that that Saturday's April fool's day, right? Uh, well, well now, you do now. now I do. Yeah. So, <laughs> If I was to remind you on on Friday, hey, don't forget tomorrow's April Fool's Day. Don't you know? Don't fall for any um, you know pranks that that you know your your family might play on you or you know friends or anything like that. You would be ready for it. That's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. so people are ready for the the deep fake sort of uh, political stuff. But an innocent picture of the Pope wearing a, a puffy jacket is that's less likely to be on your radar as being fake. And I think that's why a lot of people fell for it. I mean, it's, it's a, it's believable for right. a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's a so, overly, so, overly large jacket, but I mean, it's a down jacket. Right. So there, so, I wanted to bring up a couple. So, you know, a friend of mine uh, that, that I, that, you know, uh, has is really into the whole mid journey um, app, which is another AI generating and AI generating art type of thing. And he posted on Facebook a couple of days ago. He's been playing around with it. He, he's got a ton. He's, he said he's going to send me a bunch, but he wanted to send me um, the one that he put on Facebook was uh, Pedro Pascal, the actor who, um, you know, popular in Last of Us. He's been in a, he's the Mandalorian. You know, you know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. So he posted a bunch of photos of him in different classic TV shows. And my favorite one that he posted was him in the Golden Girls. So if you like, so he, you know, he, he basically had that, the AI generate that image. Again, it looks like it was maybe a guest appearance. And then he put the little Golden Girls logo on top of it. So he probably added some Photoshop effects to it as well. Um, but that looks, I mean, that looks like he could have been a guest star on the episode. Like he's not actually one of the Golden Girls, but like he could have, like that looks like him, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just goes to show how good the uh, the AI is getting or AI algorithm, whatever you want to call it. Right. But yeah, it's, I mean, you can hardly tell. So I think, you know, you and I were discussing, like, let's see if, you know, if, if every week we could find, you know, an image that may have fooled some people and, and, and sort of talk about that, especially as we get closer and closer to the election or, you know, other types of things that get faked. Yeah, we can have, you know, AI of the week, you know, or AI deep fake of the week. I think we could easily find something. Right. Well, plus I've, I've now got an, a mid journey account thanks to that and my friend. And like those, th- I think those two images, the ones of the, of Donald Trump and the ones of the Pope were mm-hmm. created on mid journey, which is better than the Dolly stuff, which is open AI, which is now in Microsoft Bing. So I think now we have a, a, a new leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, in terms of the, yeah. the AI ability. So, um, Speaking of chat GPT, there's another article that came out in the Wall Street Journal that I wanted to talk about. And it's basically uh, the jobs that are most exposed to chat GPT. So uh, there was an, a study by the University of Pennsylvania and OpenAI. They're the ones that created chat GPT. And they found that accountants are among the professionals whose careers are most exposed to the capabilities of generative artificial intelligence. The researchers found that at least half of accounting tasks could be completed much faster with this technicians, with this technology. The same was true for mathematicians, interpreters. Oh no. And writers. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Oh, no, writers. That's one. That's what I am. Um, but I'm also a YouTube host. So I, hopefully, you know, YouTube hosts won't be replaced anytime soon. Um, basically, nearly 20% of the workforce. Now, this is going to cause all sorts of panic, I think. 
Um, because anytime you get, you know, a study like this, people are going to look at, well, I'm going to lose my job and it's going to be thanks to computers and thanks to technology, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if I called up an accountant and asked them about this, they'd probably be like, well, you know, yeah, most of the, the work can be done, you know, automatically, but you know, you need someone like me to check your work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I did my taxes all online this year and it was probably a lot of it was generated by AI and you know, I saved a lot of money because I didn't have to pay the normal accountant that I normally use. Now I didn't, I didn't pay him only because he retired. Um, but you know, instead of trying to find a new one, I, I just said, well, why don't I just go online and see what, see what I can do. And yeah, I mean, it took me three to four hours of doing work and finding forms and typing in numbers and all that kind of stuff. But, Oh, you mean TurboTax? No, it was a different one. Oh, okay. It, maybe we can get them to sponsor us. Sure. It, it was a it was a, an online tax uh, preparation service slash thing. And and again, you still have to type in all of your information and know where to look for these boxes. But I can I can imagine that they're probably investigating AI to try to make things faster as well. Hmm, probably. So, yeah. So um, yeah. So you know, I'm not surprised about accountants. I'm not surprised about mathematicians in terms of you know calculating things. Uh, but again, I, I I would also imagine that these uh, roles, these people that are in these professions, would use the technology to help make their lives a little quicker. And then you still need a, there's still a lot of analysis and you know thinking about how to do this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not anti AI yet. Yeah, I mean, so to what you were saying, I think it's just going to be an aid. It's just going to be an aid uh, to professionals already, you know, in their industry, you know, for, uh, you know, the financial, you know, markets and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I can definitely see AI being a tool, not a replacement. Uh, it's We're probably 20 years out. I don't know. I mean, they're saying Some, the same thing for, you know, about automation in the, you know, in, in fields that aren't knowledge worker fields. If you can get automated war robots to do some of the things that are, they, they call it the dirty, dull and dangerous, you know, obviously you want to, if you had a robot in a dangerous job, I'd rather have the robot get destroyed than a human get injured or killed. So, yeah. you know, there is that. I mean, even if, even in, um, you know, manufacturing jobs, automated manufacturing jobs where you do have, like, let's say the car industry. Yeah. Right? You have a lot of robots putting cars together. Yeah, they've been like doing that, that for 40 years. Yeah. You still need people. Yeah, you still you need people to, you got to maintain the robots. You got to, you know, what if one breaks down? Right. What if, right. One, what if, what if one actually messes up? Right. There has to be someone there to be like, hey, stop. You know, we got right. to fix it. Right. So it, it's a matter of job shifting. I'm sure that an accountant would figure out other ways to keep themselves, you know, busy and. Working. I mean, accountants had to do everything by hand in the past until calculators came out, right? Right, and computers, yeah, and, and book, you know, maybe bookkeepers would be more unlikely. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Or I you mean, need, the you know, you need someone to check the work. I yeah, guess. I mean, the calculator didn't replace accounts at all. You know, you still need to know how to do it. Right. Right. So. All right. So. Um, interesting story about, about those jobs. And, you know, I'm sure that people are going to be freaking out as always about the, the whole AI job thing. All right, let's jump to the next story. Uh, this mysterious space object that, uh, uh, traveled through our solar system about six years ago. I, six years ago, where was I? I mean, I think it was at just, I was still at IDG. I don't remember this space object, but I, that's a picture of it or is that an AI drawing? 
That's actually a, an artist's an artist impression, impression, an actual oh. person's, an actual person. actual art, artist's impression of it, not AI generated. Wow. Okay. So uh, basically, it was roughly the size of a football field, and it baffled scientists as it zipped through our solar system. The irregular shape of the um, motion and motion of the object now it was dubbed Omuama. <laughs> Uma, 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 Uma That's about yeah. The, yeah. Uma led yeah. to one of the most controversial astronomical mysteries, with theories ranging that it was a uh, uh, asteroid to an alien probe. Huh. Now, I w- I always root for aliens to show up because that's a kind of a cool thing from the science fiction <laughs> world. Now, it's probably cool. Like, well, either the aliens would come to destroy us, or it would be kind of a, like a war of the worlds thing, and we fight back by sneezing on them. You know, so and and again, my there's a joke going around. I think this may have been a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, which basically says the proof for uh, intelligent life in outer space uh, is that they've never tried to contact us. Like if if there was intelligent uh, life in okay. the universe, there would be no way they'd want to try to contact us. Because I, I, I believe it. I believe it. We are not <laughs> as uh, as evolved as as other intelligent species that could travel light years. Uh, and we're probably smarter than us. Anyway, uh, there was a study that was published this week in the journal Nature, which basically says, here's the other answer. Uh, Om- Omuwama is a typical comet that expelled gas in an odd way as it traveled through our solar system. So basically, it was a farting comet. <laughs> but bum But I, I always wanted to... to I, I love these sort of space mysteries. And then um, it just ends up uh, that the scientists ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, that, you know, that does look like a giant spaceship that could be, you know, on our, on its way to contact us. And it would be like, it's you know. yeah, it's an intergalactic, uh, Frisbee. And there was an actual pronunciation in that article. It was, where did it go? Oh, I, I had it and I lost it. Uh, I think I got it right here. Do you have the pronunciation? Uh, I just saw. Oh it. Yeah. Uh, Oumuamua. Oumuamua. <laughs> Oumuamua. It's, it's Hawaiian. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds Hawaiian. Okay. So, yeah. um, like, do you, what's your opinion on alien life or intelligence in the universe? Have, do you think about this at all? Or are you like, no, not really. You just don't have the time to think about it. I mean, uh, I'll, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. <clears throat> I mean, are other you, than that, it's just speculation. Are right? you ready to join the forces of Earth that are ready to take over? You know, they're ready to to take over our planet. You mean space force? Well, no, you know, I don't think. No, I think it would be more like space militia. I, I have a feeling it would be more. It would be. It wouldn't be very organized if space aliens did attack. It would be like a ragtag bunch of of you know IDG employees gathered. You know, band together to fight off the aliens that are attacking us. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean. I have no idea. I, I, there's a Simpsons joke out there, too, about aliens landing. <clears throat> and Ken Brockman was like, I'm happy to serve our new alien overlords. Like, that's what we'd be like. You know, if the aliens do come and, and attack us, I'm ready to basically be a YouTube podcast host for them. For, you know, alien the alien version of YouTube. Yeah, there you I, go. <laughs> I'm ready to learn. All right. Uh, all right. We're going to shift again into another another story. Um, I did want to talk about this a little bit. Um, and we're we are definitely shifting gears because Gordon Moore, who was the Intel co-founder and the creator of Moore's Law in technology, he did pass away last week at the age of 94. Uh, and as my uh, as my grandmother always said was, well, 94, that's a good run. So any anything over the age of 90, I, I'm pretty sure you've had a pretty good life right at that point, especially if you're famous. Um, yeah. 
Uh, he Gordon Moore was the electronics pioneer who co-founded Intel and uh, whose groundbreaking theories defined the tempo of innovation in semiconductors uh, did pass away at the age of 94. Uh, Moore's law in the IT space was, you know, it was a constant source of news for us because we could always, you know, chart what the processing speeds were and, you know, is, is Moore's law still existing? And, um, I think a lot of people are now saying that it's, it's sort of tailed off. Like it went like this for a while and then it's sort of, it's, it still goes up, but I don't think people care as much now about processing speeds as they did in the eighties and nineties. I think it was like in, in those days, in the early days of computers. And I'm, I think you were probably not around Chris, but you know, that was a big deal for two, for two megabytes was, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back then. I know. And so I, I just think that the speed at some point just sort of tailed off because people just didn't really, but I mean, you know, they, they just don't care much unless you're into that hardcore kind of processing speed. If, and if you are, go, go visit the PC world channel. Um, you know, in the full nerd, uh, yeah, Adam and Gordon, of, you know, Adam Gordon, they, they love talking about overclocking and all the, the nitty gritty parts of a PC. Yeah. Um, I just want it, you know, I just want the, the application to work. And, you know, when I push the power button, I, I'm, and again, I used to be that way. I used to, you know, love computer games and all that stuff, but then, you know, I got older and, and less interested in the PC space and more interested in console gaming and things like that. So I, it was a logical transition for me to stop caring about processing speed. I mean, it does beg the question, you know, um, can we go faster? You know, I, I think we I, can I think, always go faster, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, and, and I believe it. I believe it, and I think the applications you're going to see that in is um, mainframes, AI, algorithms, stuff like that, cloud processing, um, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I think I think what they're going to develop instead of just one, you know, obviously w instead of just one single processor, instead of the CPU, then you started getting GPUs. Now you're getting AI chips, and so you can always make it faster by offloading a lot of the work onto these different specific chips. I mean, that's what Nvidia is all about too. Yeah, uh, is about that. So you know, as we get into some of these new applications, you're going to need speed, and of course, you're going to have to go back to. Uh, the processor at that point yeah. and the chip. So, uh, so rest in peace, uh, Gordon Moore. And uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Twitter says parts of its source code were leaked. What do you know about this? Uh, Chris, I think it's real. I, I think it's real, and I and I, I don't think it. I don't think it was uh, accidentally leaked. I think uh, there was an individual out there who openly openly leaked it. Yeah. I I, basically, parts of Twitter source code uh, was leaked online, according to a legal filing. Uh, basically, as the company continues to reduce its technical issues and reverse its business fortunes under Elon Musk, uh, it, it did feel like um, so Twitter moved on Friday to have the leaked code taken down by sending a copyright infringement notice to GitHub, uh, which was the uh, online collaboration platform where the code was posted. Interestingly enough, like so they did take down the code, but then it appears to have been public for at least several months. Then, yeah. um, so I, my first instinct again was that someone, you know, who doesn't like what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter, you know, basically I'll show you, I'll post this, I'll post the source code or parts of the source code. I mean, Hey, at least but, he's being transparent. Right. And, but then you found like that he actually said on March 17th that it was going to open source all of its code. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was, I was going to ask you like, what, what do you think about that? Like, kind uh, of, 
you know, sharing your code out into the open like that. I mean, it's basically going to become, I mean, that's something you see with like open source software, right? Yeah. Um, because then people can look at the code. They can kind of take that. They can kind of make, I don't know, plugins or attachments to software. And I don't know. Um, like I've been thinking about it recently. It's like, is that a good thing for Twitter? Is that a bad thing? Um, definitely makes you think about it, but yeah, it just it's. I think that as long as he is sort of the owner of Twitter and the head of it, and you're going to have people on both sides that are just going to be either annoyed with him or praising him, and I don't know. I think he wants to. Didn't he? Didn't he say he wants to find a CEO at some point? I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, it, in my opinion, I feel like his his take on all this changes uh, by the day. Um, he's kind of hard to follow. I don't know, but I, I think what he's doing with the code and stuff, uh, what we're seeing here, I mean, that's cool. Okay, you know? according to Twitter's legal filing, the person who leaked the source code appeared to go by the name Free Speech Enthusiast. So is that someone who likes Elon Musk or doesn't like Elon Musk? I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is that's. I mean, what he's displaying right here—that's a pretty good use of free speech or or. I know. I mean, charity, but then Musk, you know, you he gets it. he gets mad at the the person that keeps tracking his plane. Yeah. You know, and again, it's like, well, free speech could get you to a certain point, but if you start, you know, threatening people via these free speech things, it gets it gets really ugly. I'm trying to avoid as much Elon Musk discussion as I can. I mean, it's like, yeah, you you release you're going to release a source code, like that's cool. Like, how can you get mad about that? You know? Well, people are mad. So, all right. And now for our final story that we want to talk about, it's the wall street journal has declared that the work from home era is ending for millions of Americans. Uh, this is based on a labor department study, which is basically saying that 72.5% of business establishments said that their employees teleworked rarely or not at all last year. And this is the labor department again. This, that figure climbed from 60% in 2021. The survey showed about 21 million more workers are on site full time in 2022 compared with the prior year. Uh, basically, they say an establishment is defined at e as each business location, such as an individual restaurant and a chain. The new number is also close to the share of establishments, 76.7% that said they had no employees teleworking before COVID-19 and that were open in February 2020. Okay, so basically employers are pushing harder to get to their staff to work on site more often as recession fears prompted an increased emphasis on worker productivity. So now you pulled up, Chris, the interesting chart here, which is the share of per of private sector establishments with some or all employees working remotely yeah. in the private sector. We're at about now 27% uh, are, you know, have employees that are working remotely. The, that would mean the 70 something percent are not working remotely. Interestingly, the, the highest number is in the information space. And this includes kind of companies that are in the IT space, which a lot of our audience is in. Yeah. But also the inf the information tech media, which is technology media companies like us so and things like, like basically that. communications. Yeah. Essentially. Whereas the lowest would be food services and hotels and things like that. And, you know, a lot of these right. are obvious because, you know, you need to go to a grocery store, the grocery store. You can't work at home. If you work at a grocery store, you can't work at home. If you work at McDonald's, you can't work at home. If you're making cars. Right. Um, but what this does say is it, it appears that if you are sort of a knowledge worker, if you have a job that's sort of requires you to be 
in an office or if you're in an office versus in a more, you know, public facing type of uh, position, it's, you know, it's more likely that you'll still have a hybrid working environment. And um, so I think that that number is always going to be high for sort of our space. It might, it may come down. You may see it down to 50%. Yeah, I, and I wonder too, it kind of makes you ask the question, like, is, is there worth to meeting in person when it comes to your job? Like just in general, like if, if we have all these hybrid workers now, like is there worth behind um, having them meet in person at all? Maybe on like a, like on and off basis, I don't yeah. know, like weekly or monthly or something like that. I don't know. And we, and we've talked about, you know, there was the, the Gallup poll that came out last week that we talked about where they're recommending that if you are going to have a hybrid work kind of environment that, you know, you reserve like the three days during the middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for most of the face to face stuff. Monday, Friday is generally the, I guess it's okay to sort of work, you know, from home. There are companies that are going to a four day work week. Um, when they do that, do they do it as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or do they go to, you know, do you get Monday off? I guess it doesn't matter. It's still four days. It's probably either or. You know, there are experiments that show that that's, that makes people more productive. Um, and it, I, I don't think that this debate is ever going to go away, but there was another story in computer world that, that our, our pal Lucas Marion wrote where he interviewed the CIO at Cisco. Uh, did a Q&A with him about the challenges of the hybrid workplace. And, and he basically said in this question, uh, in one of the questions where he says, um, yeah, you know, the policy was that we want the office to be a magnet and not a mandate. In all likelihood, the role of the office is for most people not going to be a place where you go eight hours a day to do work. It's going to go. It's going to be a place where we occasionally gather for some purpose. Where is that? It's in the, the middle of the story. Middle of the story. Just do a search on the word hybrid. <laughs> Because there's another quote that I wanted to talk about in terms of technological. Uh, where'd it go? Uh, maybe it was above that. It says, oh, uh, this is the quote I wanted to talk about. Uh, when everybody was remote, it was a great equalizer because everyone was on a similar footing. Hybrid is a somewhat more complicated thing to solve in that you've got this total employee well-being to consider, including physical well-being, mental well-being, financial health, and being able to be productive in your job. Uh, that's not the one I wanted to talk about. <laughs> no, it's all right. You get the idea. Oh, working remotely removed a certain number of stressors, but it introduced other ones. So you don't have a long commute and perhaps you can get away with wearing sweatpants for work and that's all good. But is your internet reliable? Do you have a quiet place to work? Do you have a remote work setup that is high quality enough that you can read body language, detect nonverbal cues, understand when you're losing the attention of the person you're speaking with yeah. and all of those things you'd benefit from if you were in a conference room together. So I've experienced the hybrid work journey, which I guess will eventually call work because all work will eventually become hybrid in these three phases of technology, security, and culture. Uh, and I, you know, so if you are sort of, you know, yeah, you, you don't have to worry about the commute and you don't have, you know, there, there are certain things that go away. Like, for example, for today, I was, you know, my, my commute took me an hour rather than 45 minutes because yeah. there was an accident on the pike. And, yeah. you know, when that happens, you're just waiting in traffic until that goes away. Um, so, I, I, you know, I lost a little bit of time because of that. Uh, on the other hand, 
you know, you and I have a great sort of relationship. You know when I'm pissed, I, I know when you're pissed, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and I get that more than when we're on a on a Zoom call. I think our Zoom calls don't last as long as some of our other meetings. Well, where we're, you honestly, know, they're just, it's just boring. <laughs> you know, it's just boring. And I, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, because uh, they're saying in the article, like, yeah, we don't, you know, working remote, you don't need to worry about the commute, you know, driving, whatever the time it takes for you to get to work and all that. But it's like, at the same time, uh, they don't know what other factors we have going on at home, right? Right. And right. it's like, and it's like if you work, if you work in the office, the employer controls those factors in the office, right? Whereas if just working from home, well. You're at your home. The yeah. employer, the empl- your employer can't really control those factors. Yeah, I mean, I've got a decent internet connection in my home office, but if it goes down, I'm responsible for exactly trying to get you know Verizon to to fix the the internet connection. If I'm in the office here, which has happened on a couple of occasions, I've come in and you, you know you were like, oh yeah, the internet's down or the Wi-Fi's down, and right, you know, and then we just sit around for a couple minutes. But at least we know that they're getting it fixed as quickly as they can. Whereas you know, if I'm remote, I would just text you a message, be like, oh, you know. Wi-Fi's down. See you in a couple hours, or and you'd be like, "Wait, you know, no, or fix it, or you know." So there, there are there are other issues that commuters or that hybrid workers and working home workers, and I still think it's the it's the discipline angle of it as well. You really have to have that discipline to work at home, and if you have the option, it's, it's why hard. not just go back into work? And I just say, you know, I'm starting to think that people might have forgotten what it was like to work at an office. Yeah, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that because um, it's been three three plus years. Or it's a long time. Yeah, especially if you have newer workers that maybe were introduced to this approach. I don't know. I, I it's like. I, or the or or you know your your analogy was always the the cookie one like we've been giving kids cookies. Yeah. The uh, yeah yeah. So what I say and when like, you take away the cookie, they're going to get mad. Yeah. The employer they they gave us all candy, and then they're trying to take it away. And what do you think the response is going to be? No, you know. There was a there was an article a couple months ago that I didn't include in this week this week's roundup, but a lot of the perks are going away, and we've talked about this too with the, at Twitter. Remember the remember the wine glass thing. Or the, yeah. the wine vending machine thing. Yeah. Well, obviously, when when this round of tech layoffs, the the latest ones that we're going through, you you know, they eliminated the perks first, which is a the right thing to do because you don't want to start laying off and still having you know the wine vending machine there. Right. Um. But you know, I can't remember where I was going with this. It it was basically the you know that's the perks would be one reason to try to get people in the office. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mean, the, you know, like, no, no, that's fine. And um, there are some employers out there. Yeah, you're right. Taking away perks, you know, like health and fitness, reimbursement perks, stuff yeah. like that. There's other, you know, like, perks out there that, that you know, employers are easing up. Maybe it's free tattoos, Free tattoos for, for employees on your arm. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but... No, we um, don't get free tattoos. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but... Yeah, maybe it's a, a way of employers, you know, trying to batten down the hatches, uh, you know, because of the economy. Yeah, or, you know, you know what I did notice know. today is that there are more people in the office today than like that have been, 
you know, in recent weeks. I don't know if maybe they're seeing these articles. They're like, oh, maybe I should go back into the office. No, they're, they're, no. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it could just, you know, it just, it did feel, and maybe it was the winter. Maybe people were like, oh, the winter's over. Maybe in the, the weather's time, nice. Yeah, it's, the weather's nice. It's warmer out. Yeah. People are going in their cars. They, they're opening their windows when they're driving. Like, oh, wow, fresh air, <laughs> breeze coming in. I can turn up the radio, you know. I don't know. It, it could be several, several reasons why. Maybe people, you know, maybe there's work from home fatigue. I, I don't know. Zoom fatigue plus work from home fatigue. Maybe people just want to see people. Yeah. And like all all the stories that we cover here on uh, Today in Tech, I'm sure that we're going to be talking about this, uh, you know, more as more research comes out and more evidence, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, we're kind of leaning towards we're right. No. Yes. I wanted to call this episode. I told you so, or we told you so. Um, there was another story that I, that I don't know if we're going to get to this on another episode or not, but Disney basically shut down its metaverse uh, department. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw that one. And it was about 50 employees. It was the, it was part of their round of layout, you know, their late, their recent layoffs. Um, I didn't even know they had a meta. That was department. the problem. That was the problem. That's why we didn't really want to talk about it that much because I didn't even know that they I, had yeah, a metaverse. I mean, it kind of makes sense because Disney, you know, they always try to pioneer in entertainment, right? Yeah. The whole... They had their whole animatronics and their theme parks. That was always groundbreaking. But, you know, you always thought about like what, how, you know, like what's the next step for their form of entertainment? And it's like, oh, yeah, actually virtual reality. I could see that. But it was yeah, probably something like uh, enter the metaverse and go to meta Disney World or virtual Disney World from your yeah. from your home. Did Put you, on your headset and then you can pretend to ride Pirates of the Caribbean Okay. There and still, but you would have to still pay us sixty dollars. Can it? Can I? Can like I? That. Can I experience that at home? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, it, it goes in line be, with work from home, so maybe I can oh, go to why? Disney from home. Yeah, you know, that's the whole metaverse idea too, right? There's another story that we didn't bring up, but um, there was another piece in the uh, in New York Times where Apple apparently has shown its AR VR goggles to executives and the uh, this is the three thousand dollars that number has not dropped in all of these, these leaks and rumors uh three thousand dollars for this headset ar vr the idea was you know initially that you know this is this was the pitch that we heard like it was a guy in a taxi cab he's got these no he, he calls his wife probably via FaceTime and says, Hey, I'm in London. You want to come with me? And then this wife puts on the goggles and now she's experiencing London with the husband who's actually there. That's sad. <laughs> that's just sad. Like when you want to be with him and London, I don't know. When, I mean, that's, you be that's, that's one of the, the things that VR is supposed to be sort of looking at. There's a, you know, I know there's a Japanese company that's trying to do this. You're like, hey, um, come, you know, come visit this lake and and virtually experience catching a fish on this lake. And they're actually using robots with the they're combining robots with virtual reality. Mm -hmm. So the robot will sort of toss the the fishing pole into the lake. Will catch the fish for you, but then there's a camera on the robot, and then you experience sort of the fishing, or you control the fishing. I don't know. Very early stuff. I mean, Japan has had robots for Japan loves robots, so you know it, it. It makes sense, and there was there was a. It's it's basically called an avatar experience, mm -hmm. which is based on the whole Avatar movie, which is you know someone was virtually 
pretending to be something else right via right. robots um so yeah go go technology right one could hope all right and we got through the entire show without you talking about my awesome haircut that i have uh you got a haircut yeah i did so oh. that's all we're gonna say about congratulations it right all right that's all the time <laughs> we've got for today's episode thank you chris for joining us this week and don't forget to like this video subscribe to the channel add any comments below Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.